Still with me here are Marco Cahasi from the Green Party, TD for Waterford, Breed Smith from People Before Profit and Michael Fitzmaurice, Independent TD for Roscommon Galway. Now, the nature restoration law is still with us despite an attempt during the week to scupper it led by the European People's Party, that being the party to which Fine Gael belongs to at EU level. The proposed legislation would oblige all members of the European Union to draft national plans to restore habitats and return protected lands to good condition through practices like re-wetting. Those against it say it'll potentially ruin farmland and place rural communities at a disadvantage. Those in favour say it is absolutely necessary in order to restore and protect ecosystems on land and on water. Michael Fitzmaurice, to bring you in first on this, what are your specific reasons for being against the proposed nature restoration law? Well, first of all, um, uh, I want to be very clear that it's, I welcome what the EPP tried to do, even though I've been a follower of Fine Gael, um, because I think that this is a bad law the way it's being brought in at the moment. Um, the reason that um, I'm opposed to it is the section that's on it on agricultural drain peatland. That's land, um, and mo- mostly, but not all, uh, in the Midlands, the West, the Northwest, and parts of the Southwest. Look at the big parts in Marks area as well where farmers down through the years what we call shoreland um, and they'd have a small farm 20, 30, 40 acres and there might be a piece what we'd call PG type land down at the end and that made them viable and what we don't want at the moment and like if you look at the votes during the week they're level but the reality of it is if they stay level that the the directive or the, the proposal in its present form will go into the um, say to the MEPs uh, for voting on um, and you know it, it looks it's looking at agricultural drain peatland well now the but, state but does not the, case, the state does my, not Michael own Fitzmaurice, agricultural drain peatland yeah but is it not the case that this would be the vast majority of this would be state lands such as Kielce and Bordnamona they would have to shoulder the majority of the rewetting required that we're talking I'm, about I've here made it, and, I've made it very clear that Bordnamona will be able to pick up the piece in 2030. You know, there's people talking about scaremongering and all of this. If you listen to our teacher and listen to others. But the facts are, if you look at the facts of what's written under Article 9.4 of the directive, it states very clearly that agricultural drain peatland, there's uh, 30%, 20% to it, uh, 30% to it, 40% to it, and up to 70% to it. That's what's written in the, in the proposal. Now, the states don't own agricultural drain peatland because what the own is peatland they didn't make it into land and this is farmers livelihoods and what would you say to someone that is 100% of their land that's drained peatland that they're working cattle or sheep or whatever on go down to Listole for example and have a look at the amount of dairy cows that's around Listole and the finest of grass that that's agricultural drain peatland. And, and it is the case, of course, Michael Fitzmaurice, there are many farmers will obviously want to retain that land. But are there not surely farmers who might put their hands up? This is going to be voluntary, anything that the state cannot make up here in terms of lands, that farmers could volunteer, they would be can compensated I, for it, that the, it's not a mandatory requirement I, on, on them to re-wet those PT type lands that you're first, talking about. First of all, if a directive comes to a country, it's not voluntary and that no law, it's either law or it's not law. 
That's that's the simple fact. I remember the Habitats Directive in 1997 when it came to Ireland when our now president signed it in. People were told that time right around the country, this doesn't affect anybody. It doesn't affect turf cutters. It affects no, nobody at all. At the moment, if you want to do a road, a port, a house, um, or if you want to cut turf in certain designated bogs, you are being forbidden. And you have to go through X, Y, and Z. So don't let nobody go telling me that things are voluntary. What happens is you'll get all the promises to get it in the door. And when it comes in the door, in the, in the years coming, not the present group of politicians, but down the road, it gets tighter and tighter in legislation and it cripples the farming community. And, Michael and on top of that, I think one thing that needs to be said um, You'll talk about money and monetary compensation. That's for a farmer. What people don't realise that live in rural communities is that everybody in that community is what makes the community. And if I have 100% of my farm re-wetted, I don't need to live in that area. I can move wherever I want and that's a loss down the road to the community. What will the next generation be doing? What will they be farming? But but you not accept when we talk about rural Ireland and we talk about farmers and we talk about local communities, some of them may be voting green or signing up to sustainability or signing up to saving habitats, ensuring parks and towns and cities are preserved and signing up to the idea of food security. It's not maybe the case before I bring the others in. You're taking a short-term view on this and you read no. experts like Porrick Fogarty yeah. from Irish Wildlife Trust and he would say the greatest threat to farming is climate breakdown. That yeah. this is something that everybody across the country has to get on board with. The biggest, problem, the biggest problem in a lot of this is that Porrick Fogarty and a lot of his ink are, do not own rude land Second of all, I've never been involved in rewetting. I am the person, along with the turf cutters and contractors, that worked with the national parks. Okay, but and we will say for Porrick Fogarty, no, because he isn't here. Michael Fitzmaurice, hold on a moment. I want to say Porrick Fogarty and all of those are experts. They are... They have Everybody a point of view expert. that they are I, entitled to I, I, in expressing I would, that. So I, I would push it to you that the land, the people that are farming the land are the best expert of the lot. And second of all, I would push it to you that I personally, along with the turf custom contractors and the national parks, have been involved in re-wetting uh, raised bogs, working with farmers. Okay. And it's not that I'm against it, but what I am very clear about I am totally against agricultural drain land people okay. and let, let for me the bring the others reason. in. And and the other part that no one is talking about right throughout Europe is food basically to have enough of food at the table because if everything is coming in the line of forestry, rewetting and all of this happening in Europe, food security okay. will be under pressure. Uh, uh, okay. Mark O'Cohazy from the Green Party to bring you in. We were talking there about Anything that has to be made up on the rewetting pieces uh, that it can't be provided for by state lands would be voluntary. We hear Michael Fitzmaurice making another point of view on all of that. But all of that hasn't been held by your own minister, Eamon Ryan, the environment minister, this week talking about potentially the possibility, or it might have been some weeks ago, the possibility of compulsory purchase of land. And I think he was making that point in the case of Killarney National Park and some of the, the, the tracts of land adjoining it could be bought up. Like, that doesn't help when we talk about scaremongering, quote unquote, this week, and maybe some misinformation, some uncertainty about the impact of legislation like this. Yeah, well, there's a lot there to unpack, um, Anya, but I'll, I'll start first by acknowledging Michael's role in terms of rewetting. 
And I would say that Michael has played an extremely proactive role in terms of rewetting within his communities and that deserves to be acknowledged. On the, the acquisition of land, I mean, we had a really, really positive example of that up in Glenis Mole, up at the top of the Dodder, where the state has taken land into the ownership, which is added to the Wicklow National Park, becomes a larger space, both for the expansion of nature, but also the sequestration of carbon. It's a huge amenity value. It means that the source of the Dodder, which flows down through Dublin, has been preserved in, in, in so many positive ways. Now, on that business of mandatory versus voluntary for the, for the state, if this becomes law, it will be mandatory. But yep. for individual landowners, it will not. And you can and give that guarantee. When you listen to Michael Fitzmaurice, they're talking about directives coming from Europe. It's a directive. Everybody's going to just have to find ways to do it. You're ultimately saying no. Compulsory purchase orders on farmers when it comes to rewetting, mm. that's not going to happen. It'll be compulsory for the state to translate it into a national plan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and that compulsion is certainly there. But, but that no. doesn't translate down to farmers <clears throat> that this no, is only voluntary? No, it's going voluntary? to be voluntary. And more than okay. that, farmers have already been opting in. If you look at the Wild Atlantic uh, Nature Project, which is up around Donegal, Sligo, farmers there have opted in in their droves into that project and have been paid out an average of 3,200. And I mean, when we look at the average income figures that we saw uh, only last week and on the different types of farming, and we know that beef and suckler farmers on those marginal lands are really struggling to make an on-farm income. 3,200 average payment coming in through the door for farming in a way that preserves blanket bog shows that you can put these things together. These habitats do need to be managed. The Burren Life Project is another example. That's not a case of rewilding standing back and from the land. And will that voluntary piece stay beyond 2030, that commitment you're giving today? That's 2030 and beyond voluntary for farmers to put their hands up if they want to rewet their in lands. In fact, out to 2030 and 2040, we can do it on state lands. We've negotiated in that flexibility about those in industrial peat extraction sites. Also, to lands, forestry that's on peaty soil. That has already been negotiated in, that flexibility. And when we come to devising a national plan, which is the mandatory part, those bits can be fully explored. Breed, to bring you in, this vote stalemate, it was 44-44. There's been a lot of misinformation, disinformation, definitely some sowing of confusion. But has something gone awry here that this became so divisive as a vote at EU level and what concerns do you have sitting here today to get this now unblocked and voted through and ultimately something that's going to be acted upon? Well, I'm very concerned that there are parties in government in Ireland and other countries and mainly sitting now in Europe that are not acknowledging the science. The science is telling us we we're facing the sixth largest extinction ever in the history of the planet. And you, you look at the figures of the EPA recently on how bird life insect life, fish life, mammal life in this country is being threatened. That if we, and Michael Fitzmaurice included, if you accept the science, then something has to be done. And how we do it is important. Um, the, The distinction or the extinction that we're facing is not the fault of the ordinary farmers at all. Uh, What I think has happened here is that a stick has been bent for decades in this country towards large industrial production of dairy in particular. 
and beef to to another extent. They've gone abroad, they've created markets where they didn't exist before in China and the Middle East to export the dairy and they've come back and told the farmers the only way to go is dairy, 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 dairy. And now at the expense of smaller farmers whose income is much lower, mainly farmers in the West, North and Midlands who live around bogs, they're saying we need to reduce our carbon uh, but they will not touch the herd that is um, actually driving up the, the problem, the nitrates going into the rivers and into the lands, etc. And Quilja have to hold up their hands here because they have spent decades creating monoculture forests that have destroyed uh, nature and biodiversity. So I think it's a disgrace that Fine Gael did what they did. I really do. And I think it's a disgrace that the Green Party are in government and, with Fine Gael and Fianna And I will come back Fianna to Mark Fall. in a moment to ask him about the Fine Gael stance. But can I ask, you know, some people listening might say, people before profit, you know, you're a Dublin city, Dublin county based party, one representative in Cork City. We know AgriLand's uh, site had a humorous uh, article and tweet, but they were talking about when was the last time that Murphy got up at 5.30am and put a set of clusters on a dairy cow, trying to kind of make the point, are you bringing in a position to really understand rural areas, farmers' needs when it comes to debates like this. Do you think that's a fair Listen, uh, claim? I've, I've, Can you I've, represent I've those needs? I've worked in shops, I've worked in factories, I've driven buses. Yes, I haven't been milking cows, but that is an insulting thing to say to anybody, politician or not, who accepts that the science is right. And I do accept the science. And I'm not thick. I understand what the science is telling us. I want all of the politicians to accept the science. And if we start there, then we have to implement the changes. Not favour one sector over the other in this country have dominated our food production and have driven the biodiversity crisis. Not the smaller West of Ireland farmer. And they need to be looked after, to be paid properly and to be incentivised. But I'm interested to note that the rural independent TDs never, ever, ever criticise the sector that I've just criticised criticised and defend the small farmers on the base of that. OK, thank you for that, Breed Smith. Mark, to bring you in there on that Fine Gael, uh, position, we had the Taoiseach Leo Radker uh, this week talk about the this proposed legislation and saying, as it's currently drafted, it just goes far too far. We had your own colleague, uh, Minister of State Oisín Smith, say that uh, there was a lot of horrible Conservative scaremongering. Like, what do you make of your, your party in government, Fine Gael, taking this stance and ultimately voting against? Well, if we, <clears throat> if we look at the European context and the, I suppose, the real hard whip that Manfred Weber put on the EPP members of the NV committee, which was the committee that was voting this week, what you're seeing is that that's not really about the substance and the detail. I think that Article 9.4 re- about rewetting, and I'd, I'd accept that Michael is coming from a very genuine place on this. I think that's a, a red herring in the larger context. And what I think you're seeing is the EPP in particular trying to protect its conservative flank. And they're responding to some of the election results that we've seen across Europe. What we're seeing, in fact, is a positioning against ahead of the next European election. And I think nature and biodiversity loss is far too core an issue to be playing politics with. That everything that we depend upon to build this society that we've built together 
comes from the natural world. And we cannot afford to have what really is the most significant piece of nature nature law in 30 years from the so EU the, right. lapsed based on politics and based on but a response. How, what, what tensions does that create in, in, in around cabinet, in government, in a three-party coalition? If you're saying it's the most significant legislation in terms of nature restoration and your partners in government, Fine Gael, are opposing it. Look, what I've consistently said is the Green Party in this government or any future government coalition can be relied upon to be the voice of nature and a voice for future generations. So why are you in That's our role within this government. It? Because sitting on the ditches in the middle of a climate emergency and giving out but you, what have you will do nothing. Emissions have gone up. We've achieved massive, we've achieved massive amounts in a short time. We uh, have to be honest, world leading climate legislation. You've achieved massive disappointment of the climate movement. Okay. Massive disappointment of the climate bit, movement. I would much prefer to roll up my sleeves and get stuck in than crib from the ditches as many other smaller parties. You're achieving nothing though. That's the we're problem. achieving huge amount, Breed, and I'm happy to stand over the record. What? what are you achieving? I'm happy to stand over the record of this government by? and the Green Party's rule. Okay, okay and I'm going to bring Michael Fitzmaurice back in for a moment. Michael, just on something else that, that's brewing in the background, you're chairperson of the Irish Turf Cutters and Contractors Association. Mm. We have the Citizens' Assembly on Biodiversity has mm. been meeting. Did you engage with them? Well, first of all, um, they sent an email or, or a phone call or something to a person that was involved in our... Uh, one of our committees that never even contacted us. I got word a week beforehand. I spoke to them. Um, I asked that we'd get at least an hour. Uh, we're told we get 15 minutes. Well, if we needed three days in that loan to explain the whole turf cutting scenario, we're hardly going to get through but the But it's not what minutes. everybody got. IFA, everybody got the same allocation of 15 well, minutes. You, you so you didn't, you didn't accept it, Assistance Assembly invite. First of all, it would be an insult to think that you could go through everything in the line of the turf cutting because we've worked with the National Parks on conservation as well as, as turf cutting. And second of all... Um, a lot of people talking about it need to realise that about uh, a half of 1% is all that's used in Ireland for, for turf cutting. The rest is left there for different purposes. On top of that, we must also realise, um, and when you, I want to go back to the nature restoration law, that it's very unusual in a committee in environment in Europe to see generally everything just flies through. I was talking to a few MEPs and it's very unusual to see there's such a robust fight against this and it shows that it's that there's a lot of countries concerned. It's not about our Irish MEPs standing up may I say, uh, trying to get rid of it. It's about a lot of the European MEPs thankfully trying to get this blocked for the simple reason we believe in the agricultural sector it would be bad for us. And, and to go back to something that was said earlier in the line of um, climate um Let's be honest about it. We're 0.01 of 1% of the climate debate. We're not going to solve it on our own. There's other countries out there that are basically giving the two fingers to everything. Have a look at the amount of beef that has been imported from Brazil. Have a look at what's going on right around the world. We think we're going to be the saviours of everything with new legislation. Very, very quickly, Michael Fitzmaurice, because I have to go for a break. You have an event coming up that might touch on some of these projects you want to tell us about. Yeah, well, we're we're going to hold a, um, a conference or a, where people can uh, a public meeting on the nature restoration law. Um, in I think it's the ninth uh, the ninth of July. Um, uh, 
where MEPs will be invited, the public will be invited, um, and the farm organisations will be invited for the simple reason I think it's good to get an understanding because on top of that as will well... Will you be inviting NGOs, Michael? Anyone that wants to come, we can always go will to a public... Will Anyone that wants to go can always go to okay, a public meeting in case you didn't open know. Open invite, but, OK. But, July 9, but, thank but you for that, Michael clear, Fitzmaurice. Clear, I have to go for another break. We'll be looking at services for autistic people back after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.